0: This is the Omega 3D Chicken Coop, and I am your host, Eric Salswheel. So as I was sitting at home, suddenly the OSR signal flashed because somebody was down talking old school role-playing game. And immediately the alert went out, and I followed the signal and found a new episode of Eric's podcast. No, I'm just kidding. So, honestly, I like Roll Under. Um, I'm fine with... I, I know you guys, with your new school fangled ways, D20 plus modifiers, you like ICRPG and Shadow of the Demon Lord and Pathfinder and, you know, 3.5, D&D 3.5 and all that. But I don't... I played ICRPG. I haven't played any of the others. But I, what I like is I like Roll Under... Because it reminds me of D percentile games, D100 games, which are typically roll under. And I also like to have ranges of successes. So for a range of success, and we can do this in D20 as well. If my attribute is a 10 and yours is a 15, and we both roll 5, we both rolled under our attribute. So we both passed the roll. But I had a manager of success of 5, where you have a margin of success of 10. So, because your margin of success is greater, you have a greater success. So, if we were comparing each other in a contest, you would win that contest. So, I like being able to do that. And and, and there are games that do roll under that do that. There are D one hundred games that do that. I really like my favorite D one hundred system is probably Unknown Empires Second Edition. I am sorry, Unknown Armies Second Edition, which yeah, I can go give or take the fluff in that game, but I really I prefer that game's D one hundred system over. The brp system the you know calcium house system except maybe the gun damage the gun damage is kind of weird and under an army second edition
1: welcome to another episode of the omega 3d chicken coop and i am honored to have here my second interview ever my first one was with uh colin spike pit green we nicknamed uh we called that episode chicken spike Uh, that was a long time ago uh but i have with me jason of the uh, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Did I get those? I always want to call it the, the Nerds Variety RPG
0: Cast. Did I get that in the correct order? You did. You did. How are you doing tonight, Eric? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I've got my, you, you said you wanted to talk about old things. I'm out arguing grimoire here for you.
1: I, that is old. I don't even know what that is. You see? I see it. The listeners yes. can't see it. All seven of my That's listeners okay. can't see that. But
0: uh, yeah, this this is Dave Hargrove's home setting for D and D for oh, the old, oh old old D and D. This was very good. The the trilogy is it's something amazing. You have to look it up sometime. Awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a link.
1: Well, I'll put your podcast in my show notes. And the reason why I'm having you on this episode because last episode I talked about attribute points, and I did discuss the. Uh, Osr. And you said that the Osr signal was raised, And uh, I just imagine you sitting in your lazy boy, that's been repaired with duct tape probably has a flannel pattern on it. And um, if for anyone who can't see Jason, he currently does not have a neck beard. But at the time of the OSR signal going up, I imagine a neck beard growing out like a chia pet, and him embracing the power of the OSR. So, what does the OSR symbol look like? Like, it, we're like a bat symbol if you were Batman. But what is what is the OSR symbol? If, if,
0: well, it's like the if you remember the the old Hobbs and Friends symbol before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it was before the dark days. Okay, For the dark days when OSR
1: was a bad word, so it's the yeah. blue graph. But, yeah, paper. the blue. Yeah. Right. The blue graph paper OSR shining into the sky. Uh, right. It could where, where they kind of offset a little bit. Yes, where some story gamer was was bad mouthing the uh, the OSR, ah, which was not my intent, obviously. Um, you know i wanted to talk about attributes and, and you which i played your call-ins before this interview well i haven't actually because we're recording it and then i'm going to edit the episode and put everything together but anyway that's what's going to happen um you mentioned d100 and that kinda, that kind of got my brain going so you know for the for the listeners who maybe not know maybe some of my family maybe my mom's listening uh what is a d100 system
0: well so back in the day it- you know, the original role-playing game, as far as we're concerned for modern games, without going it really weird and esoteric, would be Dungeons and Dragons. The, the old, 3 book original Dungeons and Dragons. And then your second system was Tunnels & Trolls, which is all D6s, which is the six-sided die you find in Monopoly and every other standard board game. Well, there are other die sizes, and one of them is a D10, which has 10 sides. And so to the, these D100 systems, you'd roll two 10-sided dice, and typically you'd roll two 10-sided dice different colors. Actually, let me back up, because I'm my, my memory's failing me because it was so long ago. Actually, at the time, you had two 20-sided die. You didn't have 10-sided die. 10-sided oh. die were a later okay, a, a, were a later thing. And Originally, for- you had 20-sided die. They were numbered zero to nine twice. Okay. And were the 20-sided
1: dice used by math teachers at the time? Because I always wondered where 20-sided dice, what, how they even came up with them.
0: Well, the, if you look at the die sizes, and you're going to have to edit here so I can look up and tell you the right term. there is a platonic solids? Am I thinking that right? Polyhedrals? Yeah, the. but they go back to Greece, the, the D6, oh. the D12, 20, D8.
1: Uh, whatever before. you find during your Google search right now, I think this is actually riveting. Podcasting, um, yeah, we, we might have to um, for my yeah. seven listeners to they're, hear us Google searching. They,
0: they they are these these side these, they're they're um, the I want to say Platonic solids, but these are the original die side, and this goes yeah. back to ancient Greece, you know, back to to the other original role playing game, mazes and minotaurs, but. Yeah which many people remember but you have the tetrahedron which are, and I'm going to pronounce these all wrong which is a four-sided die you have the cube which is a six-sided die the octahedron which is an eight-sided die kind of like the octagon we know from the Chuck Norris film where he has the whispers and it echoes when he talks to himself oh, okay but what, what what is that 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 guy 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 doing 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 do you remember that movie <laughs> yeah we we have the dodecahedron which is a 12 12-sided die and the I don't know how to say that word. A it, the, there you go, which is the 20 sided die. Yeah. So these go back to the ancient Greece, to Plato. Mm. And the 20 sided, yeah, they, math teachers and whatnot would use these. But they were also used in some specialty games. They ordered them back in the day. If you look, they like special ordered them from Japan. Mm. they were really hard to get. Yeah. But, but so 10 sided dice were added later because they're not real dice. They're, they're not a platonic <laughs> solid. They're, you know. So, okay. so, I apologize for going on that weird sidetrack initially. But so originally you had a twenty-sided die, which was zero to nine twice, and okay. you would color in one set. Actually, some of them would have a little plus on have the one set of zero to nine would have a plus little plus sign next to them. Okay. But normally you would color them in with crowns. Color one set of the numbers with crowns, and that would that you could roll that and get a number from one to ten. And so for the D100 system, you'd roll two of the two different color twenty-sided dice. And, and beforehand, you would designate which one would be the ten digit, and which would be the ones digit. Sure. And, and that's how you would would get a number between one and a hundred. The double zeros would be at one hundred.
1: Right. And now I'll, I'll show my camera here for you. We got these the newer ten sided dice.
0: Yeah, what, where they, where they add, add
1: the the tens digit yeah. to it. So.
0: And and you have D one, and you actually have a hundred sided die out there too. Which is crap for rolling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but, <laughs> it's but basically they exist a sphere. <laughs> Yeah. But when we look at the d 100s uh, so TSR which is your original role playing game company you know for Dungeons and Dragons right they they were all in on D100s for, not all in but they had a number of D100 games very early on so 1975 was Boot Hill that, okay. that's a D100 system
1: what you're running right now for oh, us I am running play yep, by post definitely. style
0: yeah definitely you had I think the next one was probably 1980 top secret which which I would run for you if you want top secret espionage game like James I Bond. I would.
1: Gaming and BS has talked about um, top secret. I think there might be a no. That's Cold Shadows. There's a new there's a like game, but I would I would I would like to play a spy game. That'd be fun. I'm a yeah, James top Bond secret's fan. Yeah, top secret's good
0: now. Th- to be fair, top secret's a neat game. James, there's a, there is a James Bond 007 game that's actually more designed for one on one play, which okay. makes sense if you think of the genre. Right, but we're, we're getting to that. Off, off anyway, Top Secret, 1980s D100. Star Frontiers in 1982 was D100. Star Frontiers is actually a really neat space game. They have some neat.
1: I want to races. steal there. I've been looking at the modules to use in Solar mm-hmm. Blades. So, yeah, I'm familiar with Star Frontiers.
0: Yep. Gangbusters, 1982 was D100. Okay. And then 1984, we get the Marvel Super Heroes game, which is also called Phase Rip. Everybody knows it from that color chart in the back. It's a great game, and and using basically that same engine, we also had an Indiana Jones game and a Conan game. Oh. All these were D100 games from TSR, and around so the late 70s, early 80s. I have to look at the time frame because this is a, a secondary kind of minor company, but Chaosium, who does Call Cthulhu, which is a people might have heard it, it's it's not a very well known game these days, but Call Cthulhu is out there, and Call Cthulhu was not the first of their system, but they Chaosium has a number of systems, or a number of different games that use a similar system, which they call basic role-playing. They, initially, they, they were just systems that were, had similar mechanics, and they only solidified it into this basic role-playing game system years down the road. But they have RuneQuest called Cthulhu. They had Stormbringer at the time, which has been republished a couple different times. Those are the Michael Moorcock novels, basically put into role playing game. Okay,
1: which is uh, Elric, right? The yes, the, the pale elf with his soul drinking black sword. Exactly. I don't know if I ever read those, but I, I definitely have seen the art, and I know in the OSR community that is um, has been caused a lot of inspiration. Yeah, he's for people.
0: he's kind of, he's viewed as kind of like an Annie Conan. Yeah, Moorcock wrote those kind of like his response to some of the other pulp novels out there. Um, but so. Casium published a, a slew of games using this D100 system as well. And, and then since then, of course, we have a bunch of, of course, the most important one that's still out there now is Rollmaster.
1: <laughs> which if you want to go listen to uh jason's most recent podcast uh what was that one called the really long one what was the title of that i'll, oh, I'll put a note I, in I think there. it's
0: just a role master round table
1: oh you but that, he reads that, that, that was a while back but no no you had a you had a reading from role master
0: right oh, yeah i do have re- yeah yeah my latest yes. one does have reading from
1: cody's uh reading corner yes that's um, true and uh and jason has read it and now isn't now you can correct me on this. Isn't Knights of the Dinner Table based on Rollmaster, the comic?
0: I don't. Um, uh, I or they play?
1: You. I'm sure someone right now. Someone's
0: neck beard. Yeah, somebody's yelling right now. Is uh, uh, um,
1: <laughs> growing,
0: which, which is bad because I'm looking at some of Kenser and so Knights and Dinner Tables made by a company called Kenser and Co. And it, I've got I've got their game. I've got Hackmaster Fifth Edition so no, in front of Hackmaster, me. No, it's Hackmaster. I think it's an Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and Hackmaster is a is kind of a comedy version of Dungeons and Dragons because okay. they won a lawsuit against TSR or Wizards, maybe, sure. and um so they had to let them publish that.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, I know there's been yeah. some discussion of of Rollmaster lately, more. Um, uh, there is uh, Laramie Wall, who is a, mm-hmm. a patron of Gaming and BS, and on the Gaming and BS Discord, ha- ha- says that's his primary system. Um, so it is, and I know you've also offered to run Rollmaster. So let's get back to this D100 thing. So D100, I mean, it's 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 very simple. I mean, each point is worth a percentage, and mm-hmm. typically D100 systems are roll under. The whatever hundred value is. So if your gun shooting skill is fifty, you need to roll a fifty or less. You know, give or take some attributes. You know, and when you think about it, a D twenty system is a D hundred. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're all percentage based, right? It's just on five percent increments instead of one percent increments. So why do you think the D hundred system has kind of fallen away, and the the you know the twenty sided die has become the the polyhedral of choice? Or the Platonic solid of choice, as uh, there as we said. go. Yeah, that.
0: Um, that's a good question. So, partially, that's going to be due to Dungeons and Dragons, and I, I don't know because I so now and it's interesting because even Chaosium. So there's a system called Pendragon, okay. which is you've probably heard of Pendragons. Like to do the King Arthur myths, the Camelot myths, yep. and and Pendragons actually really need systems designed to generational play. But Pendragon is basically exactly what you just said. It's basically their D1 BRP. It's their D- it's their D100 system, but knock down to to D20. Okay. So just in five percent increments. But so Pendragon used D20, but it's effectively a D100 system. You know, you just get rid of those. You know, it's just every five points instead of one point, uh, which is, which is interesting. I I don't know. I think it's because because um, of public schools, Eric. I, I think those a public
1: schools. <laughs> Well, I mean, the D20 is cool. I mean, I'm holding them here. The natural 20, I mean, that is a thing. I mean, they're, they're you know, you see the net when you roll a D20 and that Nat 20 comes up, it's an exciting moment. I remember the first time playing with my, my friend Chris in the Navy, we were running an adventure. We stole some sword from a dragon and I was playing a bard, of course. And the I snuck in there and I stole a bunch of magic items and I grabbed a cool-looking scimitar and this and I and I and I casted a ghost sound at the at the cave entrance so the dragon would run over there and he started attacking my friends and I thought oh well um, they might die but I'll get out of here with all this sweet loot but I was like well you know what I'm going to throw this sword to him so I made my dexterity check the sword rolls to him this guy's never played D and D before he mm-hmm. picks up the sword and he makes an epic attack he's playing a dwarf and he rolls a natural twenty. And I look over at my game master and his face pales. And I look at him and I said, was that a Vorpal sword? And he's like, it was. And my and my friend who had never played didn't know what that meant. And, you know, who knows? I'm sure someone out there is like, oh, D&D 3.5, actually Vorpal swords can't immediately kill dragons. Well, it did in our game and it was epic. So, I mean, the, the, the seeing that natural 20 come up is, is, you know, it's really cool. And, you know, there's a slightly better chance of, uh, of getting a natural twenty than say a one hundred on a d hundred, right? Oh, well, it's maybe a five times. You know, Ma- maybe maybe if we did our math, extrapolated, carried the three, and squared the pi function of the triple root, then yeah, that's what we would get.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I. But most d, what, What's interesting though is most D one. There aren't that many D twenty systems though. Like there. Like look at. Well, there are now, but there. But they still mix it up. They're, they all just, they're all just derived from D and D, though. Right. Yeah, that's the thing, and, and they and they don't just use D 20s Most of them. There are games that just use D 20s but not that many. Most of them mix up. They'll have a D six in there, or, or you know, they'll, they'll use a few different die sizes. So let's most say of the D one hundred games are just purely, you know, D one hundred. Right. Well,
1: let's say I'm a game. Always. I'm. You and I are going to design a game. W- why would you choose a D hundred over a D twenty? Besides being, you know, different than that big company out there that
0: basically dominates the market. Well, it, you really don't need, to, you, you know, usually you're not going to need that, you know, that degree of, um, what, what's the word I'm looking here? Of, granularity. There we go. That's yeah. the word I want. So See, normally you don't need that. I think you could do what they did with Pendragon, what cast them done Pendragon to basically sure. do the D 100 kind of system with the D 20. And I think for most games, that would give you all you need. I really do.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, all the games, I'm, I'm developing two game systems right now. One's a D20, D6 system. Uh, D20 to do all your actions, D6 to do damage and whatever. And then the other system system's a D6 dice pool. Now, I was thinking about D100 system coming in because I, if I go look at my bookshelf over there, I got a bunch of Palladium games. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly Robotech. Um, which you could say what you want about Palladium—bad editing, poor game design, and some—I want to say poor game design, missing rules. How about that? <laughs> so,
0: I still think the more play—I don't think I think Palladium gets a bad rap.
1: It does a little bit. It just—I remember I just recently read the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game from mm-hmm. whenever that came out, and it it is it has a it has a low production value from a oh, yeah. editing standpoint but i was thinking about well what's the advantage over d100 over d20 well d100 because you know especially you guys with the thick neck beards you guys don't like it when characters level up it's it's bad in old school D when characters level up and get more powerful because then it's harder for the dungeon master to kill the character so with a d100 system you could at the end of each session have some have a smaller increase right you could say okay all your stats you use this ter- this this session go up 1% and anything you had a critical success with goes up, you know, 2% and anything that you had a critical fail with goes up 2% because, you know, sometimes you learn through mm-hmm. failure. So that was one of the things that I was thinking is an advantage of the D100 system is the fact that you can have a slower, more controlled progression and, you know, have a constant progression without having a character, you know, jump from like Ray in Star Wars, where she goes from you know, scavenger girl to master Jedi capable of defeating. I'm, I'm not, what,
0: which, what movie was
1: she in? Star Wars movies.
0: You know, I, did, I, did, I, did you, you not know, watch the newest Star Wars? The the last Star Wars, Wars movie I remember was the Ewoks battle for Endor with Wilfred <laughs> Brimmerly. The, the, the only Star Wars movie. <laughs> that, that's a, that's the, the, the fifth one. There are only five. A, I've watched that one a lot. Uh, as a child,
1: um, so yeah. So 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 let's say that you were gonna. Um, I was gonna. I, well,
0: I would. So to I, not to cut you off, but cut you off. Did, you're, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I would say that when we were kids, were in the military, you know, deployed or something, you had a lot more time to game. Right. Right. Yeah. Or at least peacetime deployment. you did. Right. So. Or maybe the navy. Regardless, we had more time to play back in the day,
1: right? I sensed a navy disc coming there, but continue. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I, remind me, I, I've got a an army, Ar- uh, army role playing story for you. It's it's short. I'll okay. tell you at the end. But so, but they they back in the day. We had a lot more time to play. So the D100, that's more granular progression made more sense. I think nowadays we don't play the same game as long. You know, we might play for a few months and switch to a different game or you, you play, you know. So I don't know that you need that granularity. And I think you could even do it with a D20 if you, with those five increments. Yeah. Or, you know, five point increments, because what you do is instead of jumping up five points, you use a pip system or something where, you you know, you need, you, you do it in halves. And yeah, you don't yeah, actually yeah. increase the skill, but you need, you know, two experience points to increase that skill or whatever it is, right? And so I think you could easily do it with the D20 if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that, I think that's actually a great idea that you mentioned it. Um, you know, you, you could definitely do that and still have, you could, I think that's one of my problems with with the some of the OSR games is you get to a point where you're like, it's hard to see getting to the next level because now, mm-hmm you know, it, you had, oh, it, yeah. took, it well. took you 35,000 XP to get to level seven. It takes you now 35,000 more to get to level eight or whatever the number is.
0: I'm just making a number up. You probably. Oh no, I'm, I'm going to get, I'll, I'll give you a solid example. Keep talking. I'm, I'm just looking at, <laughs> so but let's find a good class here. There's a slaver class in here. There's a. Which, and which book are you here, looking Here's at? a this bard, is... singer or bard. Oh, this is Arduin. The Arduin firmware. Okay. We'll, we'll put a link to the wiki page because you can't buy these. Anymore, well, you, they don't make PDFs of them. So to get ninety-fifth um, level,
1: so if you're a, <laughs> if, you're a <laughs> 80,
0: if you're an eighty-fifth level bard and you want to go to ninety-fifth level, yeah, you, you would need um, four hundred and ten thousand experience points because the eighty-fifth level bard needs one million. 473,500 experience and 95th level needs one million eight it's it's right here on the page. Did those I
1: mean did these guys play up to that level? I'm just curious, you know? Like I don't
0: I, I don't know. They might I mean he played this game. This Dave Hargrave did Arduin and they yeah. played for years and years and years. Right. They, they did. And and they played like I think a couple days a week and sure. I mean I I mean they really did. This was back in but this is you know, the 70s and California and, you know, drugs and sex and rock and roll and all that stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, but to, to your point, though, yeah, the the level and even regular d and w- when you start hitting high levels, the, the numbers are crazy. Yeah, you unless, unless you do
1: the XP wrong, like right. what we did as kids, where we didn't divide yeah. XP and, you know, everything. Yeah, everybody was. got
0: full value and, yeah. So, so well, let's platinum say has the same thing in there. If you look at the palladium level, probably. yeah,
1: I would have to go over to there.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, well, you don't necessarily have to. I'm just saying, no. they, yeah,
1: it's they, they were pretty high. It's at least five feet away, it's a long walk. Um, yeah. so back to the D100 thing. So, let's say mm-hmm. I'm a new player, or I've never played a D100 system. What D100 system would you run for a group right now that to best represent D100?
0: As much as it, it grates me a little bit to say, Call of Cthulhu would be the, the go-to game. Or okay. if you don't like Call of Cthulhu, one of the BRP games. Because you, you can use that base system to run other kinds of games. And if you use, like, the pulp Call of Cthulhu, you could easily do street-level superheroes. You could do The Shadow. You could do Daredevil. You could, you know, things like that. Okay. Um, so, but that system is simple, And you've played some variant of that at some point i assume yeah we, and I, so
1: <laughs> my friend mark who if he listens to this knows that i i do not like investigation games right <laughs> so <laughs> call of cthulhu has never been up my alley we we had made some call of cthulhu characters in high school and my buddy mike had talked about you know running it but we just we just never got around to it and i've played palladium uh, a little bit of RoboTech that was a, just a game that was hard to get people into because you kind of had to like Robotech. And mm-hmm. we tried playing Ninja Turtles, but we just found that this system was, it just, it didn't function right. It would, it yeah, required, it before, it, yeah. yeah, it required modification, right? Like we tried a single combat and I was like, this is never going to end. You know, I think my character, well, one, my character was a mutant ferret, a teenage mutant ferret. And I think he could do like six attacks per round. And it was just like, but yet I couldn't hit anything. It was just weird. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. The, the basic role-playing BRP.
0: I, I would say, and, yeah. and I'll, and I'll show you why I say that. Uh, well, so the reason is because like you mentioned at the beginning, one of the reasons people oftentimes talk about it is it's, it's really simple. They, everybody understands one to a hundred. So if you say, Hey, you have a skill 50, you have to roll under 50 to, do your skill the math is really easy you can look at it and you know in your head about where you know where where you fall in that you know if you have a skill 75 you know you have three and four chance of doing that right so it's it works really well I'm gonna share my screen with you here okay um, I'm um, watching I'm smart enough to do it I will share my you screen can do with it you. so no you're in the
1: army but I, I still have faith
0: so you look here right it's And this is an older sheet, but as you can see on here, all the skills are listed and they'll just have a number there. Yeah. And, and whatever that number is, that's a number you have to roll under. It's, it's really a, so for somebody that's new to the game, it's really intuitive.
1: Right. Now someone could be a little overwhelmed that, I mean, it's Cthulhu. It's more of a, depending on your era, this is 1920s. I mean, there's a lot of skills, um, so that could be sure maybe but they're
0: they're named normal yeah. things yeah they're yeah
1: they're not like weird things where you have to try to figure it right. out yeah. so as far as D hundred goes, one of the things I I get concerned about sometimes with D and hundred and so this is an example in the boot hill play by post game, you're running on the audio dungeon discord. You were doing all the roles as the game master. I don't even know what the rules are. Like I created. Well, I, I did share them with you. You did, but I decided okay. once you told me that you were doing all the roles that I was not going to learn them. Um, Cause I'm lazy and I had other things to do. Um, so I didn't even learn the rules, right? But mm-hmm. but when you started explaining a little bit, you because my character was like, okay, uh, can I walk down, you know, the sidewalk or whatever? What did, did they call them, What do they call the wooden little
0: uh, boardwalks?
1: I guess they were boardwalks back in the day, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. so for anyone yeah. who care, no, doesn't know, Boot Hill is a Western role playing game, and anyway, so think Western. Now, what are we? Eighteen. Yeah, 1884. 1884, right? So, so my character is walking down the road. and He's going to shoot at a guy on horseback, right? So right. there was a lot of modifiers
0: for that. Right. There, there were. And the, so the main reason, though, just so the listeners know, the main reason I am doing all the rolls is because it's play by post. It goes a lot faster that way. Otherwise, it would be, okay, Eric, I'd type out, Eric, roll to hit. And then I'd wait a day or two for Eric to get around to rolling to hit. And, right. it'd be, and then Eric roll to see where, what hit location. It just, it's a lot faster to, because there's a number of rolls involved. Right, but because. It's you're... faster for me to all the comments. So if you look here, here's yeah. the, well, the modifiers, if it'll let me move up and down. There we go. Um, so basically, on the, well, it's on my right-hand side. If It should be on your right-hand side too. Yep. It yeah. starts the range. Yep. Those are the modifiers We're we're just, so. You have a base, your skill number, sixty-five percent chance to hit. Whatever, I don't know what your number is. Blood save sixty-five. Then you would just add those different things in there, and final number right. is what you need. It
1: reminds me of BattleTech, the miniatures game it, it, a little bit. Yeah,
0: it's it's a lot like that. Actually. Yeah, be, I mean, and yeah, and because both, it's a d hundred,
1: yeah. you you the granularity is like that thing we we're talking about. You can add more. You know, it's. Mm-hmm because once you start doing D and you're like oh plus one for this plus one for that plus two for this minus three for that those are those are bigger impacts right they're five percent increments right. but this you were able to do like oh i could give you you know it, it just seems like in d100 games based on my experience which is limited to be fair that there seems to be more positive and negative modifiers for various situations
0: definitely and that is a, a big event it depends how Tactical is not the right word, but it depends how, you know, detailed you want to get with the rules, right? If you're happy with fifth edition D&D and just advantage or disadvantage, an occasional plus one or minus one, then there's no, there's no real reason to go D100. Right. But if you want to be able to work into, I want a different modifier for for whether the horse is trotting or galloping. Right. Well, D100 lets you do that. Right. It, it lets you work all those kind of modifiers in
1: and games like Pathfinder, um, one first edition
0: also did that, um, but like well, the thing with like Pathfinder first edition is you end up with a character that's got like plus fifty, and then you roll d twenty. <laughs> well, you know, your modifier is greater yes. than what the die rolls. Right, be.
1: exactly. That was like with my, my bard that we talked about was just three point five. He was level seventeen. I mean, his his charm and bluff and performance modifiers were like, you know. Plus, what I can't remember what it was, but but it was like plus one per level, and then he had like a you know twenty-five charisma, so they're on another plus six. So yeah, you're you're, and then any items you had, you're you're adding plus twenty-five to your die roll, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, and and if challenge and if difficulty level thirty is godlike, well, you are essentially a demigod at that point, right? So yeah, it can get out of control because of the scale, because of the the plus one equaling five percent so um yeah so that's pretty interesting so i don't know do you think we beat the d100 horse to to death or or is there any other things oh, not at all i think say? we're
0: just. i think we're just getting to the point where we're showing this pr this superiority of it right, oh, right. So,
1: all right, well, Jason, I really appreciate you coming on the Omega 3D Chicken Coop, um, the world's greatest podcast with less than 10 listeners. And you know, uh, in the future, I think there's a couple of things you kind of mentioned that uh, got my brain spinning a little bit. I don't remember what they were, but I'm pretty sure after the podcast, I'll remember them. They were very wise and they could lead to future podcasts. Um, and then maybe one day I'll actually get invited on your podcast or we'll actually start the podcast project with Carl at some point, if our schedule is ever aligned, which is highly unlikely, but you never know. It,
0: it is, but uh, let me – so the army story, I was going to tell you really Oh, quickly. yeah, yeah. Tell us the army story. We, we played we, – we were playing Dungeons & Dragons with a, with a guy that never played – didn't know anything about role-playing games, didn't know anything about Dungeons & Dragons anything. So explain to him, oh, you're an elf, you speak Elvish. Well, he heard Elvish, and he thinks of Elvis Presley. <laughs> So he he spent the session. I mean, of course, you're drinking when you're playing. But, but so he he spent the session speaking like Elvis Presley, we, and we didn't bother to correct him. We just yeah, let it go. That was great.
1: can help but see this this uh, character in leather armor with a long bow and uh, Elvis hair. Sure. <laughs> That is, that is a good story. I think that is very funny. Uh, all right, Jason. Once again, thanks for coming on the Omega 3D Chicken Coop. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later next time.
0: And, Eric, I'm resetting the OSR signal to notify me when your next podcast comes out. So I'll be waiting.